Before we begin, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the class. I've personally taken a few of these classes, and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion, but wanting more. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. I'll see you there. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Hey, everybody, and thank you for joining me. This is Richard Listens, and this is the Richard Listens Show. I'm grateful for all the wonderful contributions and guests we've been having lately. Without further ado, I'm going to be inviting on shortly uh, my guest today. A professional basketball player um, who is going on a venture overseas. We have Miss Leah Purvis, who is a um, graduate of the Buckley School here in Sherman Oaks, California. She averaged a almost a double double, pretty pretty impressive, um, and then is a graduate of um, Miami of Ohio. Uh, so we're going to learn about her and her journey and her keys to success. So welcome to the studio, Miss Leah Purvis. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you for being here. And uh, Darrell, how do you know Miss Leah? Um, I know Ms. Leah because uh, we train, well, we uh, worked with her this past offseason preparing her f- for her first year in Israel. That's so, right. And, tell, and just because we haven't given the guests a chance to get to know you right. through my cast, I know you've done other casts, and thanks for sharing that content with me. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, talk a little bit about your work you do with, with athletes uh, in particular. So I'm a p- sports performance coach. I work with um, basketball athletes, football athletes. Pretty much the, the landscape is – it's widespread. I work with all athletes, but my niche would be football and basketball athletes. Um, and I'm based in LA, so I've been doing it for about three years now. Um, and so I've been knowing Leah for about three or four months now. Um, have you been working for four months? And unfortunately, she leaves me next week, so I'm a little upset about that. Yeah, we need to talk about that, right? Because that's hard. Yeah. So people, so did Leah find you specifically to prepare? Did you, Leah? Did you find Darrell just to prepare for this journey? Like you recognize going internationally is gonna require new skills, or just you want to be ready for the for the challenge? Uh, talk to me about that. Kind yeah. of a little bit of both. So I have obviously a basketball trainer who has worked with Darrell previously, and I wanted to get a little more explosive, a little faster, work on my movement patterns, and be more efficient 
So uh, he, Dash is my trainer. He re- told me to reach out to Darrell. And ever since then, we just have been gotten to work. Excellent. And so talk to us. So you are um, going to be playing for, let me know if I mispronounce it, Elite Sor Halon. Yep, that's it. And how, how long out of college are you right now? I just graduated in May. So I'm fresh out of college. So I will be straight up rookie. So this is a straight up rookie. So this is exciting, right? So educate us. Like, I mean, I keep pushing my daughter into basketball. I mean, she wants to play soccer. I don't know. For a basketball guy, I have a whole family of soccer players. But but what was that process like? Did you know you wanted to get an agent out of college? I mean, clearly you're, I, I saw, you know, your accolades and the statistics. But did you have the love for it to know um, – that there's a next level and, and internationally there were opportunities? I did. Um, I've always, since I was playing club in high school, I always said I wanted to play professionally. My club team was very elite. There are a lot of girls who are in the WNBA currently and play overseas. So those are the type of personnel I surrounded myself with. And I always knew if the opportunity presented itself, I wanted to pursue basketball just because I love it. And I want—I tell people I want to play until the wheels fall off because once you stop playing, it's so hard to get back into it. So I want to just take every opportunity that comes to me. So, yeah, my entire junior, senior year of college, I knew I really wanted to play overseas. Um, an agent actually reached out to me once I was done with my senior season, uh, talked about making dual citizenship because I am a Jewish American, and that is a huge benefit to playing overseas, being an American with two passports. So once that opportunity presented itself, I got my citizenship. Uh, it was pretty much clear from there. Have you played in Israel before, even recreationally? I have. So two years ago, I played in the 2017 Maccabee Games in Israel, which is kind of the equivalent of the Jewish Olympics. So yes. over 50 countries. You're looking uh, at a co-chair for under 16 basketball. <laughs> yeah. yes. yes. So uh, the Maccabee, over 50 countries, athletes from all across the world, Jewish Amer- Jewish athletes from across the world come to Israel every four years, and it's kind of like the Olympics. So I tried out for that team my sophomore summer made the team the summer before my junior year. I went over there, and I guess some agents and some coaches had seen me, but obviously with the rules, they can't they, contact until you. Until after your junior or after senior year? After your senior year. Your eligibility has to be completely done, completely washed up. So once I was done with college, they reached out to me, and that's how the process kind of got going. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, I, I happened to spend my, my college year, my junior year in college, and one of the things that was really refreshing for me is when you play over there and recreationally, like people applaud when you do a nice move. Like it's, it's all about sportsmanship and they really appreciate the international game. Um, so that's, that's an amazing cultural experience for you. I mean, how special is it? Were you looking for other opportunities in other countries or was it like, no, I want to play in Israel. I kind of knew that I wanted to go to Israel just having been there a few years ago. I wanted to go back. I had kept in touch with some of the girls who play in the Israeli professional league that I'll be in. So I just knew the culture and the people over there were so spectacular. And then obviously being a Jewish American, having the opportunity to go to Israel is, I mean, other than birthright, a once in a lifetime opportunity. So being able to immerse myself in a cult, in my culture and just explore my religion a little bit more, I think is hard to beat. Yeah. And, um, Let's see. So how 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 large is the women's league over there? Is it comparable to the WNBA or how many franchises? I mean, it's a smaller country. It's comparable. There is. I know there's a Division One and a Division Two league. I'll be in the Division One league, and there are, I believe twelve teams in that league. So it's comparable to the WNBA, but obviously the WNBA is the most elite league in the world. So I would love to be in that one day. That's but. true. I got to be over in uh, Phoenix a month ago and got to sit courtside. 
with the mercury and uh there's some hard screens being set. It's tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Brittany Griner's out there like seven feet tall. and <laughs> Exactly. People don't understand the WNBA until you see it actually live. And being courtside, you get to hear a lot of the, the, the talk, uh, you know, and uh, it's it's competitive out there. You know? Absolutely. Uh, so basketball-wise and, uh, you know, it, people with evolved basketball IQ. Yeah. So... So Leah, you mentioned to me that you play you play what do they call it runs? Yeah. With so when you run, do you run with women and men as well, or uh, is it just women basketball players? The open runs that I do usually. The open the runs. Uh, that'll just be with other women's players, whether it's uh, women who play in the basketball beauties league in LA, if it's other hoopers who are about to go overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the summer when some of the college players are still home. And these are people that I grew up playing basketball with. So we always just kept in touch. We'll do open runs. If people need more bodies at their pickup, they'll text their friends, and that's kind of how it works. But the competition is pretty solid. Yeah, so that leads me to my next question. So what would be the biggest difference between playing with women basketball players and male basketball players, in your opinion? Just in general? In general, yeah. Um. I think the physicality is different, even though you'll see there are a lot of very physical women's basketball players. I think playing against men, it's a lot more kind of one-on-one, trying to Mm -hmm. break you down, a lot more finesse, whereas the women's game uh, tends to be more of a team game and you're kind of working toward the team goal. I think that's the biggest thing. A lot of guys are like one-on-one, trying Mm -hmm. to break you down, and I feel like the women's game, you're really working more together as a collective unit. Yeah, because Richard mentioned Brittany Griner. She's a... What would you call? She's a stud. A center. Yeah, she's a stud. She's big. She's bulky. Yeah. Reminds me of like a Dwight Howard for the NBA. Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one reason why I asked. I mean, I don't follow basketball that well, so I figured you would figured you would tell me the, the biggest difference. Yeah. Well, I'm curious about, first of all, I mean, how many, what percentage of female basketball players are Jewish? I mean, that seems like. <laughs> I don't know. There's not that many. Not that many. We had I 12 mean, to go to Israel, so there's at least 12. To play in the the Maccabea games. Yeah, there were 12 people on the team for the Maccabea. But they don't all go play professionally. No, they don't. There are two girls who I played on the team with uh, that year in 2017 are currently playing in Israel. And I know one more has a year of eligibility and she's looking to play as well. So there should be like three or four women in the league who played in the Maccabea. But also the dual citizenship. I mean, you can have three Americans on one team and you can have two Americans on the court at one time. So if you can get... An American basketball player who has two passports, it's very lucrative for your team. So you have uh, <laughs> an asset to, to offer to any team that wants to pick you up. You Definitely. Know? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so that's great. So you're going to get to travel, see the country. Now, I may be ignorant. I'm picturing when you were describing that, because I traveled around Israel on a bus. Will they fly you like from the north of the country <laughs> to the south? I mean, there's some perks, or is it going to be? There are. I mean, when we travel, it'll be similar to college where we have uh chartered buses uh i don't think we need to fly anywhere just because a lot of the teams are centered around tel aviv and jerusalem so there's ashdod there's herzliya there's petitikva there's halon so those are just a couple of the teams and that's not a far distance like especially compared to college basketball where i play in the mac conference the mid-american conference and we would travel from the southwest tip of ohio where i was at to Buffalo, New York one weekend, oh, and then, wow. you know, it's a nine-hour bus trip, and then we would go to Central Michigan or NIU another weekend, which is West just... West Virginia uh, or no? No, we, weren't, we didn't have West Virginia. We had a lot of Ohio schools, a lot of Michigan, a couple Indiana, and then Buffalo, New York, which is all the way out there, but 
a three-hour bus ride to conference in college was like, oh, like that's not too bad. It's the seven to nine-hour games wow. that you really Now I to. know why Buffalo is good at home, huh? Nine hours on the bus. Wow. <laughs> you can't walk when you get off the bus. And we had to take it in two days. So we would do like – my team typically would do four hours, stop in Cleveland for the night, practice in Cleveland in the morning, and then do the last couple hours up there. Well, that's probably smart because emotionally and mentally being cramped – and on the st- charter bus. Yeah, I mean that that I mean that affects your your mental your ability to focus and be ready. It does. Miami University treated us really well though. We got sleeper buses where everybody pretty much got their own like bed mattress area that you got to sleep with. And then obviously for the shorter trips there's Wi-Fi on the bus. I mean, I'm not too tall, so I got I was able to occupy two seats <laughs> pretty easily. Everybody got their own area. Nice. And um let's see. So what drives you or pushes you to be the best you can be or, and to perform at elite, an elite level? Um, personally speaking, I think just the journey that I've taken to get to where I am hasn't always been easy. So I think it's, it's easy to be motivated and work hard when you can see kind of how far you've come. For example, my recruiting process to get to Miami University was a little tricky and difficult. Um, I was a really late sign my senior year. I didn't have any offers uh, when all my friends signed in the first signing period. So I really had to work my tail off my senior year, average insane amount of numbers, uh, be a great shooter, be a great teammate, be a great passer. And then Miami found me in about like late February, beginning of March in my senior year before I graduated high school. And I flew out there for an official visit, tried out with the team. I loved it. They loved me. So that's really how I signed. And then since then, I just, I've had the mentality that, I'm going to be the best teammate. I'm going to be the hardest worker. And for me to not play and not see time on the court, it would really have to be kind of extraordinary because I'm going to work my butt off to make sure that I'm on the floor. Yeah, I mean, a little bit of a follow-up question to that would be, so, right, if you're always playing club basketball and you're at an elite school and you see your friends, you're not looking at the kids who aren't going to college to play basketball. Mm -hmm. You know, you're comparing yourself to that peer group. How did you interpret that and use use that as fuel? Because that's not an easy position to be in there. No, it was really difficult, especially imagine I'm like 17 years old, so everyone's posting their signing day photos. It was it was difficult for my mom and I, but I'm a firm believer that everybody's journey is different. Everything happens for a reason. And everything happens the way it's supposed to be. So I just stayed positive. I kept busy. I stayed in the gym. I made sure that everything was in order. My grades were never an issue. I mean, Buckley is a fantastic educational institution, so I was well prepared for college. I had my SAT scores. So I just knew my time would come, and I had to be ready when my name was called. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Did you did you have backup plans, like to backup plans being built in, or it was like, I'm just going to control what I can control? Just kind of controlling what I could control. I knew that, like, the biggest thing with getting recruited is your grades and test scores, and I knew those were fine. So I started applying to other universities just as a regular student, and I figured if I had the opportunity to be a practice player or try and walk on, then – I was going to figure it out then, but I was fully prepared to not play college basketball, which was a really tough pill to swallow. So when the opportunity came forward, I was excited. I worked hard, and obviously my career at Miami was something I wouldn't trade. That's a, a funny tip that we get from a lot of uh, professional athletes is that, you, in a way, you have to be willing to let go of your extreme desire to pursue it relentlessly. Yeah. Um, because then you're, that's when you're free of it. Otherwise it's like, you know, can, can cause a lot of anxiety and and pressure, pressure, right? You see players in the draft for different, uh, NBA, WNBA, you know, NFL. And if they 
go in the sixth round instead of the first round. It can affect them psychologically and emotionally. Some people use it as fuel. Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> you have to. There's no reason in letting it. Of, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. Like you said, kind of got to control the controllables. Control the controllables. Yeah. But this is thankfully, I mean, people are now bringing in sports and performance consultants to work with athletes to help them prepare for the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they can prepare for those moments and uh, disappointment and adjusting expectations and staying in the moment. Yeah. So that doesn't control your outcome at the next stage. Next question from you, Mr. Durrell. Of course. Um, So the question that I have, um, if you wasn't going to play professional basketball, I know you just enrolled to to study your master's. Mm -hmm. Um, What would you be pursuing? Uh, So I am pursuing my master's of education from the University of Missouri. They have a great online program that really fits into my schedule being a professional athlete in another country. So that degree will be in counseling psychology with a focus on school mental health. Uh, if I wasn't playing professionally, I believe I would have probably just gone straight into a PhD or a PsyD program because I eventually do want that doctorate degree in right. clinical psychology. Okay. Interesting. I'm looking at kind of like a master's in sports psychology, maybe a second master's. So There you go. Interesting. Athletes need help too. Athletes yeah. need a lot of help. Like oddly, that, that's yeah. that's a big component of the world that I'm in. Like a lot of athletes deal with a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's weird that most athletes don't, understand and realize that they need to deal with things off the court they just kind of go with the motions and say for instance Antonio Brown he has a lot of different issues but I guess he's so stubborn and don't really realize that these things are really going on and he needs to see someone you know it, it's it's the reality of it and most African-American athletes don't grasp that reality you know so it, it it's tough but it's a big component of the sports performance world Absolutely. Athletes in general, I feel like sports psychology and just having a sports psychologist, having a performance, a mental performance coach is becoming Mm -hmm. a lot more common in collegiate athletics. And I know my team had one and we really benefited from it, especially when we got closer to the end of conference Mm -hmm. and things were getting tougher, things were getting closer. It really kind of helped us uh, focus a lot more on our goals and what we needed to do. Yeah, I recently watched a a show about runout tests, you know, so when he was in the the, uh, NBA there's a lot of stigma that he had yeah. problems, but in, in in reality, he had just had mental awareness problems, and he he began to travel with the mental health coach, psychologist, and those things help him towards the later parts of his career. Like if he was would have stayed on that that road he was in, his career would have ended long before it did. And I think once he began to see the psychologist, the mental prep coach, his career lasted about six to seven more years. So I think you know we should kind of. No, push that envelope. Guys yeah, need to. he's a great example of someone who adjusted and was very honest of and course. open about his yes. work. Because I coming from New York, I, did, I didn't come from uh, where I think he's from Queens, um, Queensbridge, I think Queensbridge. But some of the tougher areas where I, you know, I again I didn't grow up there, so I don't exactly imagine. But it wasn't easy, and, mm-hmm. and you definitely are like when well, you talked about the male physicality, like that's the ultimate, like war zone of a basketball of court you know no nets on the rims and you know and he was like you know you fight for every inch the toughest defender yeah yeah and and there's some of that you know in some of these other cases too where like you've always had to be the center of attention you've always had to fight for everything you've always had to compete uh and now with social media and everything there's so much attention and yet so you're going through this battle and and you never get a moment to breathe um 
and it's not always the attention you want to be witness for how hard you're struggling and battling and yet people are drawing attention to to every negative thing you do and um yeah, I hope I hope that uh, that that Antonio Brown can can turn it around and and, and do some work because obviously it's it's manifested. We'll, we'll see. He's a um, painfully a, right a now. thrill seeker for attention, so we definitely will see. Um, and it's it's weird that all the negative things get magnified, and outside of all the positive things that he do, and all athletes in general. So Leah, yes, back your, to the guest at hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so who's your favorite coach? Or mentor. I know when I was growing up, I, I was in sports, but I didn't look up to any athletes. Mm-hmm. I looked up to my dad. He was a pastor, and he was someone that I can go talk to, someone that I, I can get advice from. So for you, who would that person be? That's a tough one. Uh, I've had a lot of great coaches, whether it be in high my high school coach, my college coaches, my club coaches. One club coach that really stands out for me, though, is Natalie Jarrett. Uh, she coaches Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. She coached at, coached at Lipscomb. She's been all over. But she was somebody who, from the beginning, really encouraged me as a young player on the club circuit who was playing up, and that's like when you're 13 playing 15U. So I was one of those kids. I was one of the young kids learning from the older players in front of me, and she really would encourage me. She would really give me kind of the key points that college coaches look for, which is eventually what she became. So she would just tell me, box out every time, be the toughest person, like don't back down from anybody, just things like that. So she was a mentor. And then she was always somebody that followed me and I followed back throughout my college career and high school career as I was done. And she had moved into the college coaching circuit. So she was always somebody I could text. She would give me cute little texts after games like, I saw that shot, you boxed out. So just little things that just always showed that she was there but other coaches I've had like Michaela Mabry she was my assistant coach at Miami my junior year and she's currently an assistant coach at Notre Dame right now which is incredible as her alma mater but she was a coach for me that helped me through a lot of tough times and really just was again always positive with me always very honest and very straight up but also poured her heart and all of her like being into me as a player which you could definitely feel I just saw you light up. I mean, it's amazing when, right, like when a coach notices the little things and like, and then gives you yeah. the the feedback right, after right. a game, right? And you're, you're in your head like, oh man, I could have scored more. I could have done, like we're always, um, you know, self-critical, nitpicky, nitpicky mm-hmm. you know, and then somebody's like, hey, yeah. you know, you stuck with the coaching plan from what I told you a month ago, three months ago, whatever, like you're doing the little things. And I'm blessed to have had so many positive coaching influences, even my junior and senior year, one of my assistant coaches, Keisha Blanton, who's also at Oakland University in Michigan now. She's another one who I still keep in touch with her. I still keep in touch with Michaela. I still keep in touch with Natalie. To this day, they're checking in on me like, when do you go overseas? Are you excited? So just I'm thankful and I'm blessed to have had mentors and coaches in my lives who are now not my coaches and now they're my friends. And I can really lean on them for advice and lean on them for guidance and just positivity. Yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, how important is that? I mean, you're stepping out. I mean, even though it's a country that has a lot of meaning to you, I mean, it's do you, a new place. Yeah. It's a new, I mean, how do you feel? I mean, you're still a young woman going to live overseas and pursuing basketball. I mean, it's your dream, but what's the ratio of excitement to nerves right now? Um, it's probably one to one. I'm really, <laughs> I am really nervous and really excited just to get over there because it's something I haven't experienced before. And I kind of relate it to 
going from the high school level to the college level, but now it's a college level to the pro level. So just some differences, but the ball is still around. I still have to shoot baskets. It's not going to be that much different. It'll be new teammates and it'll be new coaches, but I feel like I'm somebody who is a people person. So I kind of figure it out wherever I go. That leads us kind of to our next question. You know, what, what challenges do you uh, foresee in playing overseas and what can you do to not let these challenges affect your player performance? Um, kind of similar to what Darrell was talking about, just the mental aspect of the game is so important. And I've had a lot of friends who've gone overseas and physically and talent wise, they match up, they're good, but mentally you're in a new place and you're 10 hours ahead of your family and friends. And it's hard to get to talk to people and it's hard to get the support that you had when you were in college, only a few hours away. So I could foresee that being a little bit of a challenge, but do the coaches coach in English. Oh yeah, everybody okay. and everybody in Israel speaks English. The street signs are in English, yeah. so that the language barrier won't be difficult. I do plan on kind of learning a little bit of Hebrew, just so that I'm not that American that like <laughs> assumes everybody just speaks English wherever <laughs> I go. I feel like that is so. Yeah, in, in Tel Aviv, they'll speak to you only even if you try. They'll be like, yeah, no. I'll say shalom, and they'll yeah. be like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, nice try. Nice try. <laughs> like but in other parts of the country, I feel like they uh, if you they'll go with it. They'll try, yeah. And, but that's another thing about the Israeli people. The culture is just so welcoming and so helpful. But yeah, mentally, I just I know I'm just gonna have to stick to my routine, stick to what I do, get my extra shots up, uh, make sure that I'm taking time away from basketball. Which doing my master's program will be that little bit of breath of fresh air for me when I'm kind of like, oh, like I just need to like I can't really look at a basketball right now. I can look at my master's program, go do some homework. Yeah. I mean, how, how does that schedule build in? Are you going to take just a few classes at a time or? Uh, they suggested two to four. So naturally just being me, I wanted to take four or five. And my mom was like, can you just keep chill out? Like, you're moving, into to, it. You're moving yeah. to a new country. Can you just take two classes? So I'm taking two classes a semester, uh, trying to stay ahead on my work and all of that. But uh, I'm really thankful that the program I have, I don't have to check in online and be at my computer screen for a specific amount of time it's very independently based so whenever I have the time uh, as long as I submit the paper by Thursday and submit the paper by Saturday uh, however I figure out my schedule is how I'll do it. It seems like everyone these days is trying new workout systems. Some people go to the gym others may run but I've recently discovered a great in-home method that is absolutely amazing. I'm taking in-jitsu classes online where I'm being trained and pushed in real time by top MMA fighters straight from the octagon. Injitsu.com provides real-time classes so you can get a top-notch workout from the comfort of your own home. These classes are absolutely going to sell out. So head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class for free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash Richard Listens. Protecting your child's teeth is important in any sport. That's why Impact Dental Designs has put so much thought into their state-of-the-art mouth guards, protecting athletes in youth sports all the way up to advanced MMA fighters and champions. And the best part is you can customize your own design for your own creative and fun mouth guard. So head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash Richard Listens and if you purchase now, you get a free customized design and 20% off your order. And do the Israeli leagues play on, on Saturday? Are they secular? Uh, we definitely would not play on Saturday unless it was Saturday evening because of Shabbat. I know yes. that that 
is our pretty much our day off but I don't know what the league looks like yet I don't know what the schedule looks like just because they haven't released it so that's just something else that I'll figure it out when I get yeah there. I'm pretty sure the week goes Sunday to Thursday it does yeah. and then Friday night Friday sundown to Saturday sundown is Shabbat where everything is just shut down cool so I'm excited. hopefully the hotel will be set up or wherever <laughs> you guys are at or exactly um yeah but that's also something that our chairman and our coaches have Figure done out. for many. Our chairman, I mean, my chairman for Halone has been there for almost, I believe, 30 years. So, Oh, so they're used to players Experienced. coming Yeah. Um, and what about the facilities? Do you foresee, I mean, you, you mentioned coming from a, a nice program where even the standard of travel is, is quality mm-hmm. to a degree. I mean, do you think that they can match that over there? Are they at the same level? Uh, I'm not sure. I've talked to some girls who played uh, in the Israeli league and they said that they get treated well and that you're a professional athlete, that they want to make sure that you're taken care of and you're healthy. Um, Will it be the same quality as what I got in college? I don't know. I mean, my athletic trainer in college was like a second mom for me. So I don't know if I'll have my second mother over there, but she also (laughs) packed me some goods before I uh, graduated. She sent you a care package. She did. She she sent me like ankle braces, a mouth guard, some knee pads. Oh wow! Some electrolytes. So she's she's taking care of me, even though I'm not even playing anymore for her. Wow. So I mean, at the gym, we we talk about adapting and adjusting. Mm-hmm. What are some things that you've done to to help you? You know, for what you're gonna see overseas. As, as far as as far as just, just the whole culture, the whole atmosphere, and like being independent. We talked about earlier that. You know, you with a team atmosphere, you have your trainers, you have everyone pretty much catering to you. Mm-hmm. But now you're a professional athlete, so some things will be, you know, for yourself to do independently. What are some how did you how are you preparing for that? Or have you prepared? Uh I am preparing. I I'm trying to prepare as much as I can just by asking my tea, my old friends who have played overseas, even though it wasn't in Israel, I asked them for their little bits of advice and uh, I asked the girls who I knew from the Maccabea team who play in the Israeli league for a little bit of advice. And they just suggested communicating with my coach and really using my agent and my Israeli teammates as resources mm-hmm. because they obviously have lived there their entire life. So they know Israel, that's their home. Right. So really leaning on them as a resource. But uh, some advice I have gotten was to branch out and just like explore the country, yeah. be open to the culture, try and learn Hebrew, just do things like that. Yeah, and I've known you for a while, so that I think that may be a little bit challenging for you. You like to you like to keep to yourself, you're a little bit quiet. Sometimes. You know, so, sometimes. Sometimes. So, I think I think you'll be good at it, but you have to you have to open yourself up to different different aspects of life. Um so we know you play basketball. So let's get into your basketball routine. What do, what do you what have you been doing to prepare yourself for the next step? So this summer has just been really big for me. Uh, obviously, working with you, we've done a lot of explosive, efficient movements. Yeah, uh, yeah you've seen it. My before yeah, and after it, videos are not so pretty. Yeah, we've come a long way, and I'm I'm definitely impressed with where we where we are now, um, based on where we started. And I wish I had a little bit more time, but you know, there are some things that that you could take away with you to to help you with your game, right? For sure. All right. So how uh, what are your recovery techniques, your training schedule? What does all that look like? Yeah, is the training schedule intensify when you're preparing for a move like this, or do you need to allow time for like getting ready for life and that kind of shift? I mean, how do you handle this? 
Uh, well, this is my job, so I've been taking my training really seriously. Uh, and like I've said uh, this whole time, just leaning on people who I know have played professionally and getting their advice and their opinions. But for the most part, my summer has been uh, four to five days a week with Darrell in uh, the weight room. So doing a lot of explosive weightlifting, uh, using the Vertimax, just trying to be, get quicker, be more efficient with my movements. Uh, basketball with my trainer dash about two three days a week and he's really just adding the finesse aspects to my game because he's like the guru of ball handling and finishing and mm -hmm. finesse and he is actually uh done player development with the la sparks the WNBA team so shout he's really dash. in tune yeah, shout out dash <laughs> but he's really in tune with the women's game and the highest level of the women's game so he's just bringing me things that he brings to the sparks as well but uh, training with him a couple of days a week. I do pick up a few days a week with my friends who I mentioned before. That's the open runs. And then just making sure I, I've actually incorporated other recovery techniques. Uh, so for stretching, I've done the hot Bikram yoga. So I'm trying nice. to do a little bit of that. Uh, other recovery techniques, just getting like massages, like sports massages, seeing a chiropractor, Icing down, uh, Muscle Pharma We Workout has the Norma Tech boots, which are incredible for just compression and getting the blood flow out. So I'm trying to do a little bit of everything. Just trying. How to about you? May have mentioned your hydration or nutrition. I mean, are you do you at this point? Is it just what you've always done, or is it you know? Are you uh, having any specific goals to get yourself ready? No, my nutrition, my nutrition is not. Uh, it's going to be a lot of falafel and shawarma. I was going to say, yeah, no, we cannot do the fried, the fried falafel every single day. But Darrell has helped me a lot with my nutrition. Uh, he got me to cut out bre excessive bread, hey, not bread. I, I, like, was, for example, I, I, like was I, wait, I was waiting on that one. I was going to say, like, I can uh, eat a sandwich because that, like, naturally has bread. But I course. would, like, I'm the person who... You go to the Italian restaurant and they put bread on the table and like it's mine. You enjoy so, it. So yeah, I definitely I over enjoyed it. And so we, we're gonna keep that up when we get to Israel, correct? Yeah, but we're yes. gonna just have to adjust it to pita. No, but we'll figure it out. No, no pita, right? Right. No pita. It's, it's but delicious. yeah, so uh, sugary are, drinks, all that, just cutting out the sugar. Well, they have great. It's probably one of the healthiest Mediterranean breakfasts over there: salads and, and Greek yogurts. It's from, delicious. You know, it's so. delicious. I mean, I, I. I I put her on, not really restrictions, but and our listeners can't see, but we have a Miami of Ohio basketball game on the background. Is this one of your games? Yeah, this was a this was actually a huge game for us. We played Central Michigan at their house, and they haven't they hadn't lost at home in like I think eighty games. Like they went to the Sweet Sixteen last year. They're a really well established program, but this was a huge game for us. We ended up winning. Oh, nice! But yeah, nutritionally, just making sure I cut out. Not cut out completely because I feel like that's so unrealistic, but just monitoring the amount of sugar intake I have, uh, the amount of bread, carbs, like just trying to eat positively and like fuel myself because I'm working really hard. So there's no point in just letting it all go because I wanted to yeah. eat like crap. Is that going to be a challenge living abroad, like new new foods and new like nutrition labels? And are you even going to have your own apartment? Do you know? Uh, I know I will have, uh, I won't have my own apartment. I'll have an apartment that I have a roommate who's my teammate with, but I know she'll be American. Just something else that I'm going to figure out <laughs> once I get over. I don't really know who it is yet, but like I said, I'm a people person. I'll, I'll be fine. But uh, I know what to eat. I just sometimes choose not to eat it, which is the biggest choice. Yeah, but They have like vegetables. Just, they have lean meats over there. <laughs> and I'm also not a very picky eater. Like I'll try anything. Hot chicken. So, I mean, I, I always recommend the 80-20 method. 
eighty percent of the time it's you eat pretty clean, pretty healthy, things like that, and twenty percent of the time you in not indulge but eat things that you enjoy in moderation. That way, specifically for athletes, they won't crave. Do they have a lot of a lot of idle time when they have a bad game? They're forced to do things that eat things that they normally wouldn't in excess. So we've done a good job at that. And you're um, in a new country you're exploring. Yeah. I mean, you're on the Mediterranean. You got fish. You got. Mm-hmm. I mean, so there's some some part of enjoying your life and fish. yeah, you know, having fun. Right is is not being excessive, but. Yeah, and you can still eat well and enjoy what you're eating. Especially when you're burning a ton of calories. I mean, you're going to be training, so. Yeah, we'll keep it together. So how would the the workouts differ from in-season and off-season? Because I know we work out four days a week, you with your basketball coach, um, four or five days a week. You're doing your recovery techniques. Um, so that's a full routine. Mm-hmm. What does that look like in doing the season? Uh, during season, just speaking as a college athlete, uh, it's very – team game and scout oriented so you're really preparing for the opponent because our opponents I mean we play people two days a week so every day except for our off day we're preparing for the next game so Mm -hmm. that's something different that I anticipate being similar overseas but I don't anticipate the amount of scout and film that we watch to be equivalent to what I did in college because we did a ton in college but pretty much as an athlete in season you just it's about maintaining what you of course it's about maintaining what you've built in the off season and then also maintaining your confidence like game to game so if you don't have a great game it's really important especially for me to get in the gym with my assistant coaches get in the gym with my trainers and get up shots even on the machine just by myself kind of clear your mind and mentally keep yourself sharp whereas in like a postseason or preseason you really are focusing on your weaknesses Mm -hmm. and turning them into strengths whereas during season you're kind of maintaining your strengths and building on that of and course. just doing what you need to do to win the next game. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. That leads me to my next question. So what have you learned from your body, from your game, and, and what's the difference between training um, for a collegiate program and then expanding your, your game to um, for the professional level? I know when we began training, I noticed a lot of things that um, you probably didn't notice or take interest to. Balance, speed, agility, coordination, little things like that, you know, motor skills, mental capacity. What's What are some things that you worked on these past three or four months? Um, and what's different from your mentality, mentality to locking in and working on these things? Uh, I think the mentality, the biggest difference is that I'm not working toward a program. I'm not working toward a team where I know what the system is going to be. Because as of right now, my team, my coach and my chairman have – signed professional players and they know the skill set for them but they don't know how we work as a team so right. he doesn't really have a system he doesn't have roles yet I don't know if I'm going to be asked to distribute I don't know if I'm going to be asked to be the defender so mm-hmm. I'm just working on me right. which I think is the biggest difference because when you're in college you know what your coaches expect you kind of know the role you're going to fill the next season so you're working toward kind of a set not a limitation but something that's already set for you whereas right now I'm just working on Leah I'm trying to be the best Leah before I go overseas before I go to Israel and that's kind of working to my standard instead of somebody else's I love to hear that uh as a someone who's a father of a daughter you know to hear that you're you're the the character of the individual it's connected but it's separate from the athlete you know and that and that you've mentioned your mom you've mentioned some coaches you mentioned the warmth the tendencies of the relational quality um, and how enriching that is to your character. And this experience is then just an extension of that. So any challenges doesn't really, don't really shake that core character. So I of can course. hear that. Um, um, but 
a question for the athlete side uh, to mm-hmm. yourself before we uh, have to wrap up here. Um, what is your game day ritual, and what sparked you to follow this routine? Um, my game day ritual, uh, for the most part, depending on whether we're home or away, pretty much remains the same. We have shoot around in the morning. Uh, so before or after shoot around, I'll get in with my coaches, I'll get in the gym and get some extra shots up, uh, specific to what we'll see in the game. So if they play a zone, if they, my coaches have noticed, oh, the corners are always open, I'll get some extra shots in that way. And then of course we have shoot around, we have pregame meal. I always take a nap after a pregame meal so I can have a little bit of extra juice before we go into pregame. And then I get to the training room a little bit early just so I can get heated, get stretched. Um, A weird thing that I do is I love Candy Crush, so I'll always try and make sure I win a level of Candy Crush before I go out to the court, so I always go out (laughs) on a win. I don't know if that correlates to anything basketball-wise. It is if it makes you happy. (laughs) It it does make me happy. But And then I have my game day playlist that I listen to, and then – Finally, I always watched the same uh, Steph Curry YouTube video, kind of of his draft report and how they called him so underrated and how he's so successful now because I think that just is really motivating and always pumped me up. And my dad was somebody who was a huge advocate of creating a routine. It doesn't have to be something big, but it has to be something that kind of centers you, gets your nerves down, and makes you focus and something that you can rely on. Is he also an athlete? Uh, Yeah, he played football and basketball in high school, but he just has always been – Somebody for me who is like, just get your routine, make sure you do the same thing. Like every game, just consistency was big. He didn't mention Candy Crush, but modifications were allowed. So Darrell, anything you want to take us out on? Um, so one thing I would add, just to piggyback off of you following routines, you know, so I've read a book by um, Tim Ferriss. So he interviewed a lot of actors, athletes, think different people from walks of life that they all – have different ways to mentally prepare themselves for whatever they're doing, whether it's yoga, meditating, drinking a glass of water, in your case, watching Steph Curry. Um, you know, those are things to, we always talk about preparation. So when you, when you prepare for something, you want to get into a routine, something that's like home. You know, especially when you're going overseas, you want to find something at conference you like being back home, right? So that's the biggest thing that... Um, that I'm taking away from from this, it, it's it's cool that you got a little a cool routine. You don't listen to music or anything. Uh, I have Such like a game a day. That's crazy. I have a game day kind of playlist. Who's your but favorite? What, who tops it? Yeah, who what's on it? Yeah, I'm all over the place. I have like Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill. I have some mm. uh, Megan The Stallion on there. I wow. have. The Circle of Life by Lion King because I'm a huge Disney. Wow. I'm a huge Disney fan. Oh wow! But I have headphones in, so it doesn't really matter because it's for Lion me. Lion King. Have you seen it? I have. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <They're all laughs> he feels left out. Wow. What's well, this got to do with performance? What? Is, what? Is, so the Lion King movie. This is the last question. What? Did, what did you think about the movie? What did I think about the movie? Yes. I mean, I enjoyed it. What about you? Have you seen it? I saw the new one. Okay. Um. I could digress a long way. My my kids had just done The Lion King. Okay. And and my father had just passed when I saw the movie. So it was really, it was actually beautiful because he was present at their play. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, I mean, that, that story is like ageless and, and timeless. And, um, you know, yeah. the... the no, you don't sound. You sound like you're waiting a, a voice objection. But you know, the the trust your friends, go out and uh, you know 
trust that you can be a leader and that your friends can inspire you to be better and bigger and follow your potential. I think that's uh I like that. You know, that's something I'll, I think we should uh, follow your potential yeah. just like Miss Leah. So, um so if you had to give a word of advice to anyone, what would it be? Um don't put a cap on what you're capable of doing because okay. I think there's a lot of people that especially for me told me like oh, you should just give up, like, after I didn't get my offer. Oh, you're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to do that. You're too small. You're not fast enough. So just don't put a cap on your potential. Just work hard. I like that. Yeah, well, I hope you'll you'll stay in touch with us. I have some ideas for you uh, in terms of some healing organizations that work with psychology over in Israel. Definitely. And in the Middle East. So That's so cool. Yeah, so um, a lady who I've mentored her trainings uh, works with first responders and people who've uh, experience terrorism so uh, there's a lot of opportunities uh, in psychology and it'll be there always so I'm really excited that you get to travel the world and so much of learning is out in the world and what we experience even from playing with different types of players in different environments as an athlete I feel like our senses grow Yeah. Um, at the same point it's like we want to keep these routines and performance focus I think there's a certain amount of expansion as a human being which enriches who we are as a teammate in a locker room, mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, of why course. people are always like, why is Phil Jackson? So what's he doing in that? You know, mm -hmm. he just brought in worldliness yes. and different concepts and got everyone buying into that. So now it's a uh, household in, in most locker rooms, right? Some sort of mindfulness, some sort of uh, awareness, yeah. awareness, breathing, uh, you know, team building, right? Uh, team is uh, not a sum of its parts. It's a collective. Um, so... I'm excited. I hope you'll send us pictures. Maybe we'll get some. Uh, we're going to get Skype. And um, as we get Vesby Smart TV technology set up in here, we'll be able to stream. We'll just got to what it's got. We got to have a show where it's uh, mm -hmm. 9 a.m. your time and midnight here. Was it nine hours ahead? Uh, 10. 10. 10. So, so I plan on going to israel so okay that, that should be cool all right just 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 invite me invite you you you're more than you're more than welcome to come <laughs> we'll figure it we'll out we'll catch yeah, some we'll, games yeah. we'll do some courtside maybe leah will give us five minutes if she's not in her nap <laughs> my nap is important but i can definitely make time wow <laughs> we'll see, we'll see where the priorities time. lie all right all right so are you guys gonna you have a few weeks left before heading out when do you head out october 3rd so next thursday we figured out five days wow it's sad it's sad and exciting it is we'll make it though and you'll see me back in april yeah it'll be fine it was definitely a pleasure to um see you evolve grow into um the athlete and the lady that you're going to be so that's that's one of the biggest things that i take away from the process seeing athletes develop mentally physically and evolve into something they couldn't foresee you know so I, I really appreciate you coming to work with me and I, I i can't wait to see where you where your game goes so for the listeners where could we find where, where can they find you via social media social media is social media popping uh is it, is it cracking it's not super cracking. It's not cracking it'll get there though um so Leah Purvis 21, L-E-A-H-P-U-R-V-I-S 21 is my Instagram. That's what I'm on the most. So Leah Purvis 21, Instagram. We're going to be following you. We'll be 
checking in and sending you shout outs. Hopefully we don't yes, get blocked yes. on your social media no. for being overexcited. But uh, thank you uh, to all our listeners. Uh, we hope we are providing you with more relevant guests um, in all the different fields. And I'm so excited you're pushing my awareness of what it means to be a professional professional in female basketball and, um, and going to a country where I, I've shared some of those experiences and I, I think it'll be absolutely amazing um again this is the richard listen show stay i thank you all for tuning in i appreciate it please uh if you can check out my patreon page.com patreon.com slash richard listens or instagram richard listens uh, you get the theme we appreciate all your support and interest we're now up on itunes spotify if you're interested in therapy, teletherapy, any kind of consultation, please don't hesitate to reach out to me um, through my website, richardlistens.com. I'm happy to help and support in any way through any kind of strain, support, or isolation you are going through. We are here to alleviate strain and suffering. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Richard Listens, and I'm out. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Lastly, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the session. I've personally taken a few of these classes, and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion and with a drenched shirt. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Take care, everyone.